I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Pod Sauce. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> We do some things. We got it's getting fancier it's around getting here. Fancy. Our it's guests getting are getting fancier. fancy. This is a good one. So <laughs> we got Trey Wingo coming on. He is from Half Forgotten History with Trey Wingo, which is a pod a pod. Ugh, I can't talk today. It's okay. A it's po- the Emmys. It's the reflection. <laughs> it's from literally his the Emmys. Emmys are shining me in the eyes. I can't think right now. I got a huge ESPN star on here. I'm like, oh it's my god. Doing things for you, you know. Trey. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary, obviously, uh, ESPN host for many, many years. Thirty something, thirty, what, 30 plus, thirty something. Trey, Trey, 20, decades. Twenty five. Twenty five. Tinkering on it. Uh, thirty years in the game good. for sports. Correct. For show, for show. For show. <laughs> Oh my God. But we were sitting here before we started, and we're just looking at all the Emmys all over the background. It is <sighs> legit flex. Well, welcome welcome to our show. Yeah, Trey did a good 15-minute stand-up flex on us real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all I know is I have a simple philosophy. Be who you are. Oh. And that's, that's all I'm trying to do with the sauce with you guys. So I just wanted to be as sauce as possible. You, you can't put all your sunshine and greatness in one little box. you got to let it out there for everyone to shine. I get it. I get it. Sample as you will. That's all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'll get you some. I heard that, Trey. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, welcome. I wanted to talk to you, obviously, about your podcast because um, Half Forgotten History. I love it. I'm going to be honest. I love Thank it. Thank you. I um, I checked out recently the episode with Ryan Leaf, and so yeah. Alicia. Alicia's very honest <laughs> about her. <laughs> not efficient with sports. No, I don't know the sports world, but I'm a phenomenal actress, so you'll see. So I was scrolling down. I saw Ryan Leaf, and obviously that name, for people who are into football, that name name is synonymous, right? For Alicia, (laughs) back in 1988, he was the second-round draft pick. Okay. Um, Again, uh, Peyton Manning was number one. Okay. They ended up drafting it, and it became this colossal debacle. I know Peyton Manning. Not Peyton. Peyton was not a colossal debacle. No, I said I know Peyton Manning. Yes, Ryan Leaf was, uh, you know, he he basically was a bad boy and didn't play any games, and it was a a big waste of a draft pick. So that is the backstory there. Thank you. Um, Come to you interviewing him, I thought it was phenomenal. I didn't know this side of Ryan Leaf. Yeah, listen, Ryan was, uh, you know, he was one of those guys that everyone thought was going to be the next great thing, and it just didn't work out. And he had a lot of inner demons he had to work through, and it really ate at him. And, and 
he, you know, he went through some, I mean, can we say some things here? He went through some bleep, you know, he went through some bleep in his life and, and he had to bottom out before he realized I got to change. And the beautiful thing about Ryan is he sees that as a blessing now. And he sees it as something that helped him get to where he is. And he's, you know, he's been sober for years now and he's doing wonderful things and, and helping other people who have been through the bleep that he's been through. And, you know, his life story has always fascinated me because I, I sort of followed it from day one when he was in college and was a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. And uh, which, by the way, is the trophy that goes to the best college football. You tried player, it. Just I it. know the Heisman <laughs> Trophy, Trey. Not today, Trey. Not today. Just, just say, I mean, you, you you were putting it out there. You weren't so much for the sports. So I just want to make sure we understand. People get you were good. I like Trey. He's you know, fun. People get Emmys. They, they get in video, their faces in video games, ask themselves, and then you just can't tell them anything. I mean, you know, just continue, yeah. Trey. <laughs> so I was just saying that Ryan literally bottomed out and has found a way to come back. I mean, he went to jail. It was a disaster, but he's such an honest and open human being. And, and that's the thing I love telling about his story. Like my faults helped me become where I am now, which is a stable, successful, happy human being. And and his, you know, he, the, people forget when they come into the draft and come into the NFL, we're babies. Yeah. We're talking about 20, 21 year olds, you know, and, just because they're physically mature and these big hulking people, you think they're fully formed humans. None of us are hu- fully formed humans at 20 and 21. Hell, I'm pushing halfway through my 50s. I still don't feel fully formed. You know, so I think the pressure these guys deal with out of the gate sometimes is, is hard and, and people don't understand that. And Ryan was just, it was a great example of that. And I'm so proud of what he's become. You're, wait, you're almost, you're mid 50s? Yeah. Damn good looking too, Trey. Come on, T. <laughs> Damn Who am I to good, say no to that? Hold on, hold on. You are drinking your water yeah, and minding your business, honey. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, but you we- know that but that does remind me of just the- <laughs> Okay, knock it off, okay? The compliment is done. But it reminds me very much so of my good friend Vince Young. The expectation to Sure, VY. Do- to do great, see, I know things. Yes, I know the people, but I, just, I may not—I I may not know much after that. But it just reminds me of you know, you come in like you were saying, so young with huge expectations upon you, millions of dollars thrown your way, and is—is is, uh, Ryan Leaf? It's for part in this, but is he black? Is he of color? No. Okay, well, just within our community, there is a huge expectation of take care of everyone else around you. And now you're having, you know, you you have so many pressures put upon you that you don't know how to balance. So I I definitely am going to check out that episode. So I want to recommend it. Not only because this is far beyond just like the football player side. Mm -hmm. Like he really struggled with mental illness in regards to Mm. everyone beating him down. Him struggling with himself by not being good enough, not winning. Mm. But then... You know, he was talking about, and Trey, you did a phenomenal job interviewing him. I have to commend you for that. But we're really diving deep into what he dealt with back then. Because people like to laugh and joke about, you know, him and like his failure. He's kind of become a meme every, every draft season. He's kind of a meme. But I think seeing the human side of him is what you really brought out in this interview with him. Um, but him saying, like, I was a big, tough football player. I didn't have anyone to, to talk to and mm. say... I am having a problem. I am struggling. And that's like listening to this interview, I was like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. Like he really has come a long way. And like you said, he, you know, he's taken, he's accepted some of the fault and he's very self de- self-deprecating throughout the whole interview. What was your biggest takeaway? I know you've known him for years, but what was your biggest takeaway right. from that interview? 
Well, it, it really goes back to, like, for example, like you, she said she knew Peyton Manning. So let's go back to Peyton Manning, right? <laughs> this, this You're never going to let this down. Okay. No, I'm just playing to your strengths. That's what I do. I try to play to people's strengths. I appreciate you. Know, you. Super, Super Bowl 50, Peyton Manning was playing in his uh, fourth Super Bowl and was going on to win his second. And, you know, they were drafted one after the other. And, and Brian was on the set with us on the show on ESPN. We were there. And I was like, Okay, Peyton went through this and, and is about to potentially win another one. And you're here sitting with me. If you had a chance to talk to Peyton right now, what would you say to him? And he'd say, honestly, I'd say, how did you do it? Mm. How did you handle it? How did you go through the pressure? How did you deal with everything? Because I couldn't do it. And he, he talked about the program uh, that he's he, he went through to, to become sober. And it said one of the things they they focus on in, in this is when you see people that have what you wanted and you didn't get Ask them how they did it. Mm. And I thought that was just the coolest answer because this guy could have been angry, bitter, upset, you know, jealous of all the things that Peyton was able to achieve that he didn't. And instead, he was just so open and honest about it. I just I couldn't do it. How did you do it? And I think that's really been the key for me in seeing how Ryan has become a wonderful human being and a productive part of society when he just said, I, I couldn't do it. And, and you know, there's so many, we're, we're seeing a lot more of this out of athletes now yeah. uh, that are supposed to be, Hey, you're, 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 you're the alpha male. You're the dude. You're the, and even in, you know, Naomi Osaka in tennis, you know, multiple major winner on the women's side, there are pressures that they deal with that so many people don't understand. And I think for the first time, maybe over the last three or four years, they feel okay saying, just because I'm good at this doesn't mean I'm good at everything else. And sometimes that's hard for me. And, and so many athletes actually um, are successful in one sport, but it's not what has driven them or has been their passion. They're just good at it. Yeah. And they're trying to find that balance between I'm good at this, but do I really love it? And how do I, how do I strike that, that sort of in between between what I really like doing and what my life is as opposed to what I do for a profession and see me as a whole person, not as just this thing on a court. I do this with a lot of uh, athletes because I think that fans specifically, like if they see like, like VY, for instance, let's say you're walking around uh, Tennessee or you're walking around Austin and you see Vince Young not dressed in uniform you know, at the mall or at a restaurant. It's like when you're a kid and you see your teacher outside the school, it's like, you're not supposed to be here. You're here. I, I don't see you here. And I think it's important for people these days to see people, athletes specifically, as not just a thing, but a person who has a whole life outside of what they do uh, competitively for a living. And I, I think that's a, a beneficial thing for both the athletes as well as the fans who love watching what they do. Because it's, 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 it's what I do, but not who I am, right? You Correct. Know, and, it's exactly right. And it's it's so what you said, Trey, is so multi-layered. Um, I speak very openly here as well as on my personal platforms about the years that I personally have battled with and struggled with depression. And like you said, it's only been it's only been within the last like three to four years that talking about mental health and the importance of mental health advocacy, providing spaces and atmosphere atmospheres for people to unapologetically say, I'm not okay. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that be taken with credence, respect, um, seriousness. But then you look at how, um, like you've mentioned Naomi Osaka, how we get it, like just within our community, yeah. right? How huge that was for someone on her level to say, 
I've battled with this. I'm currently battling with this. I need to take my name out of this hat. And then people kind of just, well, you only have one thing to do. All you need to do is yeah. talk to the people. How difficult is it to go up and down? Uh, what's it called? The Is it called a court? The yeah, court? The court. Yeah. yeah, the court. Yes, court. Yes. <laughs> I let it go. I let it go. I, I was it. moving on. I appreciate I just, you. But I was like, we're in the tree of trust here. I'm going to get good. ahead of the curve and just go ahead and record. Um, and it's really challenging to like what you were saying. She's still a person. Right. Yeah. So even if. Yeah. Sorry. I, I just, it, it, that's okay. And one of the things I think has been a blessing through what we've just lived through over the last 13 or 14 months. 15, honey. Is that 15, whatever it is, and counting. And counting. Uh, is that people realize, hey, it's okay. Like everybody's going through some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody yeah. is. And you never know when you have an interaction with somebody what they're going through. Mm -hmm. And especially in the in the social media world that we live in, it's so easy to be snarky. I'm guilty of it as well as everybody else is. I think it's, you know, let's just take a second here. You know what I mean? Hey, we can fire off a snappy one-liner and do all that kind of stuff. But what are you really doing? Yeah. And, and what do you really know about that person that's on the other end? If, if there's been one true blessing out of the pandemic, it's like we all are dealing with some stuff yeah. and we need to be able. Uh, to accept people that are not doing the same things that they would normally do or not at our level at whatever because they may be doing better on something else that I'm struggling with or you're struggling with. And Extend I think that more has grace, been like giving more grace. Thank you. Yeah. Give people give people space to deal with their stuff yeah. because there's not a single person that you run into on the street, on a Zoom, on a phone call, on a text that isn't dealing with some stuff. And just because we don't know about it doesn't mean it isn't real. And I think that's been a big part of the last 15 months. And I think it's crazy important. You know, one of the parts of his interview with Ryan that really like hurt, like made me really sad mm -hmm. was Ryan was talking about how he went to this like Hall of Famers party. And mm -hmm. because he was kind of ousted as, you know, not being a part of the Hall of Famers, he's like, someone offered me a Vicodin and I took that Vicodin and it was the first time that I didn't feel and I didn't have yeah. to feel yeah. insecure around all these people. And it started him down a path of drugs. He was going to open houses and looking through people's medicine cabinets. Yeah. This is all in this interview that he did with him. And it really made me sad that he couldn't talk to anyone. He, did, he, you know, he didn't have that, that resource to talk to. And so I think, like you guys have said, during this pandemic, we've realized how important mental health issues are, go talk to people, get it out. It doesn't matter if you're a big, gigantic football player or not. People want to hear you and people want to help you. Um, and I did want to ask Trey, out of all your interviews, which one are you most proud of? So Honestly, Ryan is way up there. Um, look, I've been very fortunate over my years to have a lot of interactions and a lot of conversations with a lot of people that I really enjoyed watching as athletes and getting to know them as, as people as well. But Ryan, Ryan is always going to have a special place for me because my first year at ESPN was 1997, and he was drafted in 1998. And I worked on football literally from the first day I started at ESPN. So my entire career with, with uh, ESPN has been sort of enveloped by the Ryan Leaf story. Oh, he's this great player. Oh, he's the greatest bust of all time, you know, and, and then he became a criminal and then he went to jail and then he became an abuser of drugs and substances. And then he found his way back. And I, he really is one of my favorite uh, interviews that I've ever done. There, there are tons of them. Obviously, I love I love telling stories like the favorite thing that I love about Half Forgotten History 
uh, on my YouTube page, wherever you find your podcast. Is, is we were going to do that for you, you, but thanks, honey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's that, you know, there's so many stories I know from talking to people and talking to them that never made it onto a platform, whether it was a radio interview or a television or whatever, and getting the, that stuff out there. That's been the fun part. But literally, I, I, would, I would be lying to you if I didn't think that Ryan Leaf may be my all-time favorite interview just because of everything that he's been through. And he's He's come out the other side. Like, what's the old saying? Winston Churchill said, it. you know what happens when you go through hell? Keep going. Yeah. You know, just go through it. And, and he went through it. I mean, like, he went through it, and he survived on the other side. And the whole reason he did the interview with me was he said, if there's one person out there that is in the stuff that I've been through, hopefully listening to this will we'll let them know that you can get through it. You can get on yeah. the other side of it. So. But they're all great, but Ryan will always hold a special place in my heart. Is that an intention for you whenever you do your interviews to just to find to find the humanity, to find the yes. the grace and to bring yeah. it out? Is that your it, it is because like you know, in, in working with the NFL draft for many years, yeah. uh, you know, the players are drafted, right? But but so many fans see them as not a player but a thing. Oh, we need a tight end. We drafted a tight end. See tight end, insert tight end to the motherboard, boom, we're working. You know what I mean? And, and my whole thing was see them as a person. Like this is a human being who's been through some stuff and and this is what made him who he is. Now he's a great football player as well. But there's that that's that's one tenth of who he is as a human being. And if it isn't, you know, if you if he's just a football player, there's a whole nother ish, uh, set of issues that yeah. you might have to deal with. So my whole thing was try to see them as a whole person, not just as a thing that will help your team potentially win games. And and that's been uh, the whole part of telling these stories and, and getting to know them as people. So people will see them as not just, hey, that's 88 on Sundays. He's also that same guy with his last name on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah. It is so true because I'm a big fantasy football fan. Yeah. You think with trophies, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and for, it's true, though. You look at the player and you're just like, oh, I just need to fill a yeah. spot. And, you know, and you don't think about the you know the bigger the bigger impact that has and and i've even seen people talk crap to the fantasy football player on twitter yeah. after they yeah. didn't perform as well and you're like this is a person and at it's the end of the fantasy. day like let's yeah, knock it all the way well <laughs> fantasy based on their real life well, performance I mean. but yeah. it's still like that's not fair. A lot of Twitter muscles. A lot of Twitter muscles. A lot of thumb thugs. A lot of thumb thugs. I like that. Thumb thugs. I, I like that. Thumb thugs. I like that one. Trey, do you have any podcasts that you could recommend to us? Because we are a podcast discovery show, so we like to hear what other people well, are listening to. I wanted to show you this. I've got my iPad in here. I I am a I crush podcasts. Now I'm gonna put this up. This Let's is my see list. What you got, of baby. See, it just goes oh, forever geez. and ever and ever and ever and ever. I Top like three. podcasts. Oh, well, Slow Burn, I think, is great. Um, it, I like historical podcasts because I think, to me, anything that actually has ever happened is more interesting than something someone can make up. Like, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a big history buff. Yeah. And I, I love things that actually happen because, you know, 10, 20 years later, you learn how you processed it when you were whatever age. And then 15 years later, you, you go through it and you process it completely differently. Like slow burn was one season was about Watergate. Some one was about the Clinton Lewinsky scandal, which we see in a completely different light yeah. now than we did in the mid nineties, you know? <laughs> uh, so that's a great one. I just love great storytelling about things that actually happened. There was a podcast called the immaculate deception about this fertility doctor in a certain, uh, 
uh, Scandinavian right. country who, who didn't know, though his patients didn't know, but like he was actually inseminating them with his own oh. stuff. That was an episode of Law and Order. I know exactly what you're yes. talking about. Oh my gosh. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. There's another one called The Dropout, which was about uh, this Stanford student who dropped out to photo own biochem uh, company and uh, same podcast or is all, this a different podcast different different one it's okay. called it's called the dropout okay. and that's another one that was just about uh well we had this great idea and it didn't really work out i, I like i'm a big history buff and i like being told stories sequentially about stuff that happens in history um and and looking back at it 10 15 years later and how you process it differently so those those are certainly three that come to mind. There's another one called Chameleon about the Hollywood uh, con queen, which is just amazing. Wait, what's, what? Uh, who's the Hollywood con? Break that down. I need more. Chameleon is called. It, it's about this 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 person that <laughs> called people to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm doing this uh, film project in Indonesia or China, and I need you to come on a shoot." And all these people think this is their big break, and it turns out it was nothing. And I don't want to give too much away, but the Hollywood con queen might not be a queen. So there's, there's just a lot going on in that one. Chameleon is a really, really fascinating That sounds up our alley. Really yeah, yeah, that's, that's right, because I'm an actor. So he was like, that sounds right yeah. up your alley. I'm like, yeah. I mean, a lot of intrigue. Like, <laughs> you're, you're not the first person this week that's told me to listen to Slow Burn. So Slow I'm, I'm going to have yeah. to check that one out. You know, I wanted to ask you, because uh, I did work when I first got into the business uh, with the Ronald McDonald House. Um, sure. And you have done uh, beautiful work with the organization as well. Is that from a personal? Uh, is it? it is. Yeah. Um, if, if, if it's okay Louis. with me asking. No, no, it's totally, totally fine. Okay. Um, in, in Before I got to ESPN, we lived in St. Louis for six years, and both our kids were born there. So it's kind of like a you know, second hometown for us. But one, some of our best friends had a, uh, had a, had a child that they lost to, to cancer um, from a, a disease called neuroblastoma. Uh, and you know, the Ronald McDonald house was there for them. Like, you know, whenever they had to go into a treatment, wherever they were, they were like, you're good, set up here, we'll take care of everything. And it's a kind of an interesting story, if you don't mind me going too far in. The Ronald McDonald house was founded by a former owner of the Philadelphia Eagles uh, named Leonard Toes, because at the time, one of his players, this was in the 70s, a linebacker named Bill Berge, uh, his daughter, uh, had had to deal with cancer and so leonard toes and bill berge through their personal experience uh founded the original ronald mcdonald house uh with the help from mcdonald's in the 70s and it's become just a wonderful thing for for families that have to deal with a lot of stuff and and obviously we saw that up and up close with some friends of ours in the 90s and it's it's always been a charity that's been near and dear to my heart trey i want to squeeze you i just want to put you right okay. here and just love all over done. you <laughs> done. love okay. all over you such a beautiful listen what when, when people say that, I've learned over the years, you say yes. Get yourself in here. <laughs> Come on in here. Thank you so much for your Thanks. time, Trey. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and if you, wanna... you, yeah, if, if you want to, if anyone listening wants to check out Half Forgetting History, go to uh, the Odyssey app or you can find it wherever you listen to your own podcasts. Thank you again. My little, you're going to be my new little muffin. Me and you, Trey. <laughs> Let's go. Thanks, guys. Thanks. You appreciate you. Don't go anywhere. This is Pod Sauce. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 